everybody and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast episode 75. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today for his debut on the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast is our latest addition to the writing team over at LOV Towers is Mr. Will Jones. Will, how are you this Hello, day? everyone. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Are you? I'm good. I'm very good. And yeah, I think since you're new, I think you should talk to talk to our people, tell them what you're about, where you're from, yeah. who you su- well, obviously who you support, but why you support yeah, them, etc., yeah. etc. Et fill them in, fill the listeners in. That's fine. So I'm Will, I'm 17. I reckon I've been supporting for Bolton for about 10 years now, if not a little bit more. So I've uh, experienced kind of just the down, the downside really. So um, I've come in, uh, seen Okocha play and stuff like that, and now I've got to the level where I'm now experiencing the likes of Dean Moxie. But there we go. Um, yeah, so obviously this season is probably the best one since I've come in as a fan. Um, and I mean, I'm going to the. I'm I'm hoping to go to university at the end of this year uh, to study to study sports journalism. So. Um, Obviously, I came to Line of Vienna hoping that I'd be able to write about my favourite club and get some stuff going from there. Good stuff. Uh, what's, what, have you sent your choices out to you? Yeah, I have, yeah. So, um, I'm looking at going to Chichester University or Chester. Interesting. Nice little place. Is that a good place? Yeah. I'm doing journalism at Sheffield University, just playing all journalism. And it's a, it's a slug, I must say, but yeah. don't, you know, go know. for it. And speaking, as you said, the down times supporting Bolton Wanderers as well. The last two weeks or so haven't been the best. I know you went to Oldham, but did you also go to Scunthorpe? No, I, d- I didn't go to Scunthorpe, but um, I was at the Chesterfield game before that. So, mm-hmm. I know yeah. about the Southend away game on a Tuesday night. That was quite nah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't at that, but I was following that on Twitter as well. Yeah, so. so I was at Chesterfield as well. The first game I've been to in since Sheffield United away back in February. Right, okay, yeah. Obviously. I've not seen Bolton win since. I've not seen Bolton win now since August, since we beat Bristol Rovers. That's the last time I saw us win. Yeah, it's not living far away from home and having little funds. It gets hard to go and watch a team, I must say. It's quite a struggle. But Bolton. Yeah, I mean, it's just shown really, particularly with the Chesterfield game, that um, the crowd was so much better, obviously, with ticket prices dropping. Yeah, it's great. Um, so I guess it just shows that it is hard to, to fund and obviously, like like yourself, you don't really get to that many games because of that. So it just shows that perhaps maybe we should make more of that um, and get the crowds higher throughout the season, really. Yeah, it's always an interesting debate. I think if you compare the two home games, like so the last home game before Chesterfield was Northampton, also on Saturday, that's yeah. 14,000. Yeah. You know, literally 11,000, well, 9,000 or so more turned up for, no, Eleven? No, nine. Right, I've got the last right. Nine thousand more people turned up for Chesterfield. Yeah. I imagine Chesterfield brought less away fans as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I can understand that why they don't want to put the prices that low all the time because if you put that low, it kind of negates the point of having a season ticket and people yeah, sure, season yeah. tickets are moan and then you have to lower season tickets to try to lose his money in the long run. But having like it's common sense just kind of dictates that if prices are that low all the time, you get more people through the door, which probably means you yeah, sell sure. more merchandise and more um, food and drink and then you just have a better atmosphere that leads to hopefully better results on the pitch most of the time obviously the Chesterfield game was an absolute fucking drag and <laughs> ugh, Bolton just every time I, I'm sort of scared of going to Bury on Tuesday because oh I know yeah I don't want to be the bad luck champ but Oldham let's start there Bolton <sighs> with uh, 
Can you hear bottles clashing together? Because I, can. I can't. I think I can somewhere in the distance, yeah. On the 8th of April, Bolton travelled to Scunthorpe United and we lost 1 0. Gary yep. and Jimmy Dean started that game and went off injured. Or was that so? Yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure that's right. And then, no, he did, yeah. And then he was absent for Oldham on Saturday. Another great Bolton following of over half of the entire attendance travelled to Oldham. To see us lose one nil via Jay Spearing slash some Oldham nobody goal, and I, I must you... say that the support was brilliant. Mm, like that's but... one thing we couldn't have faulted about that game really. Mm. Uh, nearly five thousand, I think it was. Was it four thousand three hundred? I believe. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, but I'd say probably our biggest away following for quite a while. Maybe the only I think I read is Liverpool. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'd read that the last one was Liverpool, really, if not the Wigan away game a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So, great following, it's good to see. I imagine the same will be for Port Vale in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, I think we sold about weeks three, time even. So, three and a half thousand for that, is it? Yeah, I think so. And it's like, man, if all things goes well, there's only two weeks of the season left. But Oldham, you were there, Will. Bolton had a chance to pretty much seal promotion. But of course, on the horrible pitch, they did. They failed to do it. How was the game? Um, it wasn't great, obviously, being there from the start, and then it it, it it didn't really get any better. I mean, obviously, as soon as the team came out an hour before kickoff, uh, seeing that Gary Medine wasn't there, you just automatically knew it was going to be um, a tough game. Really, you know, knowing that Lafonja was going up there on his own, um, and the inevitability of just launching long balls up to him wasn't going to work because we've seen that in previous weeks happen and it's not got any better mm-hmm. um, so obviously with Al being pretty help, helpless on his own and I said it I said in my article which has gone out today um, you know I think Gary Medine is the answer to be honest um, because we never really like scoring I mean I know we hit the bar twice in the second half the line three times I believe as well I know yeah but from from our own play really like other than set pieces we just didn't really look like scoring, to be honest, and I mean, you could almost see it coming from half time that we'd we'd end up either on the back of a nil nil draw, or it was going to be a loss, really. Mm-hmm. And that it was, and that it was. It leaves Bolton. We need three points and three games to seal promotion. I believe the point has narrowed. The gap has narrowed to four points between Fleetwood. It's four now, yeah. Our last three games are Bury at home on Tuesday, Port Vale away on Saturday. And then Peterborough at home on the last day of the season, Sunday the thirtieth of April. I don't know yeah. what Fleet. I know Fleet would play Millwall tomorrow. Now. Millwall tomorrow. Yeah. And also Bradford and then Bradford. Sheffield. You know. Oh, Fleet would play Bradford as well. Fleet would have Bradford. Oh no! I thought. Oh, we got confused. No, Bradford have Sheffield United obviously on Monday as well. Which hopefully right. Sheffield United want to keep their good end of the season going, or aiming for a hundred points. But my theory yeah. is they're going to be considerably hungover after being made champions. <laughs> I mean, I know I've seen a couple of tweets today from uh, Sheffield United fans almost saying that they reckon it's going to be a weakened team, and um, obviously they're not our biggest fans. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bradford almost be handed the win. Unfortunately, but um, let's hope that's not the case. Yeah, we can only hope. Fleetwood's running is Millwall at home, Gillingham away, and Port Vale at home. So similar levels of runnings, really. I guess. I mean, yeah. our hardest game is probably Bury because they'll be up for it. Yeah. Their hardest is probably Millwall because they're in a you know their decent position, trying to get as high as they can in the playoffs to yeah. secure that playoff position. So it looks like it's us two for playoffs for the automatics. We have the upper hand. We have the advantage. 
but we do. Yeah, I mean, ideally we could get rid of taking Bradford out of the equation tomorrow. So yeah. let's just hope Sheffield United can actually get the win. Um, and I mean, we haven't got the easiest running. Obviously, we've got the Peterborough game, last game in the season, and that's not. No, uh, they're, no, they're no bugs, are they, really? Because they beat us early on, on in the season, obviously. So, um, I mean, funnily enough, that was the last time that we we saw Mark Howard, really, um, between the stakes, other than when he's come back in recently. Mm. Um, and it doesn't seem to have been the same since, don't you think? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Howard, I've seen them both, and I don't. I think they're probably both average, uh, Ben Anik, but they're both average in terms of shot stopping and just kind of under the area and that yeah. sort of stuff. I think Anik is slightly better, but they're both probably the same. The big difference is the uh, distribution, because Howard cannot kick to save his life. Now, I know the well, other are bad, but... Yeah, I mean, I would say that usually, but obviously the wind was horrendous at, at Oldham, um, and that can it can be almost forgiven that his, mm-hmm. his kicks weren't the best. But, um, it would be if he was any good at them on normal days, and uh, unfortunately Howard isn't. He's Maybe a big problem of, you know, the long ball thing not working is yeah. the long ball's coming from Howard are just aimless and always going for throw-ins. Like, you know, yeah. even Medin couldn't get headers that are 20 feet over his head into the, you know, 40 feet yeah. wide. No, I know what you mean. Like, it, I don't think it would have really made a difference in the end whether mm-hmm. Medin was on the pitch or not. Um, but I think, obviously, there was a big uh, team switch around because of the injuries, obviously, to Andrew mm-hmm. Taylor as well. Um, one person I did think who had a good game was Derek. Okay. Um, when did he's he play? Because it was kind of it was a strange. Kind of, we couldn't work out the formation just from papers. What formation was, was it? I think it was more like a three-six-one almost. Wow. Um, obviously, the the two wide men almost wing back really. Mm-hmm. But um, Derek kind of played in the middle um, along with Vela, Spearin, and Prattley. Okay. Um, um, he, he did drop at times, but it was more actually a forward player. I think mm-hmm. one of my friends was saying on an application that. Um, that Derek looked to be playing up front nearly or in the in the number ten role, um, but I don't think that was really the case. I think that was more Vell's role, but I did think Derek had a good game until he was substituted. Yeah, was he good on the ball? I take it neat and tidy, that all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean he, he made some good tackles and he does love a good overhead kick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he had a good game. Um, someone who I really thought changed was James Henry. Yeah. Um, Institution really changed things. I'd love to see him start really uh, at Berry. Yeah, I think yeah, I'd agree completely. I think Henry should start. I mean, when he came on against Chesterfield and came on that left wing position, he definitely was an instigator and was getting a few last minute chances. He kind of has a bit more drive about him now. I'd be wary yeah. about. I think if he starts, he might have to instigate a change of formation because I'd be wary about him playing wing back for an entire ninety minutes. Yeah. But I definitely think he should get some game time. Chris Manning, have you joined us belatedly? Might have done. There's a rumour, isn't there, going round? Hello, everybody, all right? Yeah, oh. What do you think about James Henry? Oh, wow, James Henry. Has he been the most underwhelming signing of the season? Yeah. Um, he was perhaps the one that came along with the most expectation, mm-hmm. um, knowing what we know from him in the Championship with Wolves. Right. And, definitely what I was most and, excited about. And I wonder whether it's it's our fault or is it is it him? Um, you know, has he had a, a sustained run in the team? I'm not sure he has. And, and of, it, would you start him oh. on uh, tomorrow, Tuesday? Sorry, Tuesday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, I think I think you have to. Um, we need to go. We need to go balls out a little bit, don't we? So shake things up. Let's be a bit less predictable. Let's let's you know give these people a chance. Mm. Henry's got he's got it in him. He's got the pedigree and he's got the ability. 
um, I think it's high time that we, we gave him the chance. And I think if he gave, we gave him the chance, he'd take it. I don't think he's had a particular um, long run, as in like five to sort of ten games in a team, on a consistent basis. It's been very stop-start, and that, that's partly our, our fault, I think. Um, I think he has been don't... quite a lot. But um, definitely, when he came on on Saturday, I did think he was the outstanding sub. Really, I mean, Chris Long came on, Max Clayton came on. I mean, Max really wasn't. He didn't really get the ball. Chris Long didn't get long enough, really. Yeah. Um, quite ironically, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, James Henry was given about fifteen twenty minutes, um, and he came on and he just he just looked our most hopeful kind of option, really. Um, because Lafondre, he, he didn't have his best game, really. I mean, he had a chance late on, decided to chip it rather than just smash it, which, to the disbelief of the fans, you know, it wasn't the best option, but I think James Henry did look like our best attacking option at the time. Mm-hmm. I think, I think... Part of me wonders about Henry as to whether he's not had, uh, and I don't want to slam Medine, you know, within five seconds of joining the podcast, but <laughs> a, a centre-forward is maybe better in the air and in, in an attacking context. Medina's yeah. perfectly fine in the air in a support role, but Henry being a winger, that the sort of dangerous cross that he can put in, mm-hmm. if we had a centre forward, maybe more proficient in the air in attacking the ball in a goal getting sense. I think mm-hmm. I read somewhere at weekend Medina's only scored three. Is he scored three headers this season? Which doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean that's a third of his goal uh, his goal input, isn't it? And, you know, out of the eight or nine that he scored. I would think that if we maybe had someone a bit better on that one, that Henry might be utilised better. Well, it just depends. Cause I, I thought Henry might come in and play that, that sort of number 10 behind the, the, See, the striker yeah, role. That's where that he got play. a lot of his game time early in the season when he actually was getting minutes. And he didn't. I don't think he suited uh, that at no, all. He I, think he definitely, no, I agree. He definitely suits more of playing on the flanks, having space in front of him to run into, than yeah. get a ball in, I think. And he's not really mm. had, as you were saying, he's not really had much of a chance to play there. But with his um, cameo, kind of cameo appearances in recent weeks, he's been playing wing back, which has given him a lot of space to run into. As I said before, he joined because I'd be wary of starting him as a wing back for a full game because I don't know if he's defensive. I mean, he's probably better than Moxie, but I don't know about his defensive capabilities. So I can maybe foresee a change of formation for Tuesday, Chris. But then Parkinson doesn't um, seem like one who just likes to do that unless absolutely necessary. Yeah. I mean, uh, Parkinson is a is a is a creature of habit. I think, isn't he? He, he? Whatever works, he sticks with. And I think, given the last two results, I think he will need to change something because we're out of form a little bit, aren't we? I know in the grand scheme of things, we're second. We're four points clear. We've got a decent goal difference. It's not a disaster by any stretch. But I think that. So. No, I, I think think that. Yeah, when, that. I think saying you know you saying that. Um, Parkinson's a creature habit. Obviously, he doesn't tend to change much, um, and I can completely understand that to a to a degree. But I think one who he has persisted with, and obviously he was our star player really for the first half of the season, other than Clough, um, was Josh Fellow. But in recent weeks, he's actually looked fairly absent. I mean, without slating him at all, I think he is definitely an influential player. But he didn't really seem to contribute that much on Saturday. Um, so perhaps a swap round with. Henry in the number 10 role, or, as you say, playing out wide. But I do think yeah. a few changes do need to be made, whether it's Clayton up top. I think uh, Viv Solomon Ottobor needs to get a, a run in the team as well, because he wasn't even on the bench on Saturday. I couldn't really even understand that. So hopefully we see a bit more of him. And yeah. perhaps even Chris Long starting too. 
I noticed that Vela, Vela Saturday was Vela's 50th game of the season. So apart from the one game that he missed via suspension, he's not going to drop Vela. But no, whether he not. drops somebody, whether he drops somebody else, perhaps and drops Vela a little bit further back, mm. you'd have to decide whether that's better utilizing Vela's capabilities or the potential that James Henry's got. Because yeah. I don't think the two, you know, you, you can't fit two of those types of plays in the same no. role. And while I think whilst, if whilst you were to drop, fit, sorry, go on. Go on. No, 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 feel free to finish. Uh, I'll, no, I'll finish, I, finish I, that. I was just going to say that um, I was saying before you came on that Derek was having a good game. Someone who didn't was Prattley. Um, so I, I know he's obviously the club captain and he's got to give him some game time. But even if you drop Vela into that role and then perhaps played Clayton behind the strikers, say, to give him a bit of a run maybe, and then Henry out wide, perhaps give Murray like a second half. Um, Murray, however you pronounce it. But, um, you know, I think a few changes do need to be made. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's such yeah. an important game coming up on Tuesday. Three games left. Chris, are we going to fucking bottle it or what? All right, well, I'll tell you what. The last three times I've seen us play on my birthday, and Tuesday is my birthday, by the way, guys, um, we've won. We've won every single time. Um, also, it, it, I think th- this season we've shown that when the big games come, more often than not, we've got the bottle to sort of carry it out. I know Sheffield United away was a bit of an anomaly, but we played well against Scunthorpe. Well, yeah, but despite that, I still think we played well enough to deserve the victory. It was just maybe some bad luck in front of goal. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't think that we're, we're going to struggle. I really don't. I've got full confidence that we're going to, we're going to pull the the, uh, the result out of the bag. Um, it would have been nice for that to have been the promotion game. Of course, it would have been. It still may well. No, no, absolutely. And, and as I, as I speak, obviously we've got Fleetwood and Bradford playing tomorrow. Tomorrow will be Monday. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're, you're all listening to this, we could be, you know, looking at a, a victory against Berry to seal the deal. Whether Should that is the case amazing. or not remains to be seen. It would absolutely be stunning. But despite that, I do fancy us to, to get a decent result. Barrier in, uh, you know, shocking, shocking form. Um, and all we've got to do is very similar when we played them at Giggies, just to keep keep James Vaughan quiet, should he play. Um, and we're laughing. I've got a few, obviously, I was born in Berry, so I've got a lot of fans, uh, mates who are Berry fans. And we're all, they're all, they're looking forward to the game, obviously, because it's, it's their cup final. Mm. But they're also at the same time panicking because they think they're going to get absolutely tated. Um, and whilst we've not really tated anyone this season, I know we've put four past Gillingham, yeah, but even then, that, that was a closer game, a closer game than four nil suggested. Um, I mean, I said be nice. that um, I think we do need to get three or four past Berry, really, just yeah. to make it a bit convincing, get our confidence back, and obviously go into the next, the last couple of games, including Peterborough, with full confidence. Because I mean, as I said before, they're no mugs, but. Hopefully by that point they'll not really have anything to play for, and therefore we'll They've probably nothing get to win. play for today. To be honest, Peter, it's Port and Port, Port Vale are the tough ones because they've got yeah. uh, they're they're you know half deep in a relegation battle. Peterborough won't give a shit. They're they're well and truly mid table obscurity. They'll be on the beach already. <laughs> I mean Port Vale, we were three up in twenty minutes in the home game. I mean yeah. not to presume anything, but they weren't the best match for us. Really, I think we could definitely get a win there but that's not I don't want to count my chickens or anything and obviously it all rests on tomorrow really as to how we how quickly we can get it done are you confident Will that we'll get the automatics you know we'll get across that dotted line I mean you look at what we've got to achieve it's six points I think it's just when it happens Um, yeah I think it's like yeah I mean well depending on tomorrow but I said I said in my article that um, I'd rather than it not burn us to the last game of the season but 
we're bottom wanderers. We don't do things simply. Yeah, no, I, can, I, I, I can see it going to the last game, to be honest. I mean, I hope it doesn't. The pressure but... would be... Oh, man. I just don't think we'd... I think that sort of pressure is just things that... When there's like an air of expectation or hope or whatever, Bolton crumble and it's just historic for the last mm. few years. I mean, any time there's been a match for like... I don't know, kind of... With an emotional edge, like the, I know we played Chelsea after this match, but mm. the match after Sanat Loftus died, we fucking crumbled... The match after when Mwamba um, returned against Tottenham again. I know it's against Tottenham, but we like fucking crumbled under the emotional weight. Obviously Wembley um, relegation matches and um, promotion against Blackpool uh, a couple of years back. We don't have a good history with big fucking emotional important matches, and Sunday would scare me. And if we did somehow conspire to fuck it up, we will not go put through the playoffs. We will. If we're lucky, get to the final, and then we will lose to Bradford because that's just exactly what will happen. Because the fucking mm. gods despise us, and I'm so scared of the playoffs. Because I mean that first that first half at Bradford away and back in February, that was just awful. You know, you could almost feel it coming. You know, if we were to end up in the playoffs, that'd be the same scenario. Hundred percent, and I just don't think I just don't think we have the bottle for it. And and hopefully, we have enough bottle to see this out. We've got the as I said, we've got the advantage. We just need to make the most of it. Well, what I want to know is Chris. If Tuesday is the match for us to go up, or if it happens to be the last day of the season, will there be a pitching version of the Macron Stadium? I hope so. There's not, you know, that's one thing the stadium is missing. But I'm going to just put uh, dial things back a little bit and just say that you two negative, negative Nancys, just have a break, have, have a have a breath. It's all fine. It, no, 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 no. It's all take a deep fine. breath. Don't said. you worry. I've seen many of these uh, many of these times before. We'll see many of them again. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's well and truly in our nature to have a bit of a wobble. But this is, I think this time is different. We've got a, a manager who knows what he's doing. We've got a squad who, who know what they're doing within reason. Um, we just need to just get over the line. And I've got full confidence, boys. Mm-hmm. It's easy because, obviously, we, recent years, we've had nothing but drama, nothing but, but heartache and strife. But it's not all like that with football. And, and I was talking to the missus before. She's, we were talking about football. And she said, oh, I've never known you be... Like this, like edgy about it or anything like that, and I said, "Well, we've not, I've not had to go through promotion for the last sort of te- ten years yeah. that I've been with my been with my missus. She doesn't know this side of things. You know, it's all been the, the Premier League for the first few years, and then the drama the last five. But in my early years of watching Bolton, in the sort of um, late eighties, early nineties, this is what it was like every single year. It was either relegation or promotion. The stability yeah. that we had up until sort of two thousand and eleven was unheard of, and so." You've got to have faith, guys, that when things work, they work. And I think that at the moment we've got that sort of pragmatic manager who might you know, might drag us over the line, but I've got full confidence that Parkinson will get us over the line. And Medine, or, or no Medine, I don't think it makes any difference. I think that the, the, the calibre of the opposition we're playing for our final three games means that it's all completely and utterly in our own hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, the boys are go- I, th- I think the boys are going to do it, and I think we've just got to just enjoy it. Um, I know what you're saying about nerves and so on, but when the games come around, I think it's incumbent upon us as supporters to to sort of put that to one side, to, to almost enjoy the spectacle because this is a new experience for quite a lot of fans. They haven't had that sort of thing in the past to to sort of fall back upon to know that yeah, you know, if this game doesn't go well, well, you've got the next game to worry about, and if that doesn't go well, well, I suppose there's always the next game to worry about. There's still nine points left to play for, and although we only need six out of that. Or possibly less by the time that people listen to this podcast. Ultimately, all it is 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 one goal. It could be one goal against Bury, one goal against Port Vale, and then Peterborough's a Peterborough's a party. 
You know, we've got, we've got people coming from, from all over the place to Peterborough. Lanny Venice founder Mark's coming over is for his really? honeymoon. I mean, he certainly is, and I was going to work, <laughs> invite us all out for a pint for that, to be honest. Um, because he's coming over for his, honey, his honeymoon. Yeah, he's going to be there. Um, guest of the club, they're making a lovely effort for him, which is nice. But what a party that's going to be, Peterborough. I think we'll have it wrapped up by then, and that we'll all go and enjoy the game in the sunshine and uh, and just look, look at it as a, as a spectacle. Something we've not yeah. often had in the last few years. A, a positive moment with no That's negatives whatsoever. Relegation next year. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's an, enjoy it while it comes. If we well, really even get to next year. It's well, all good. Even nuclear Link holocaust or financial doom strike us all to death. It's not going to happen. Two, it's all good. You brought him up Linking two things together that we were saying before. Um, I mean, you mentioned um, a pitch invasion and then you almost say, and then I mentioned the tickets before. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we can get a full house, nearly the last game of the season um, and obviously if there is a pitch invasion I think there just needs to be an air of positivity about that last game mm-hmm. hoping that there's nothing um, on it you know I th- by that point we should have it done and you know there's nothing dependent on that um, and hopefully that will almost be a game of celebration yeah 100% I mean if we'd, I'd, I'd be stunned if we got a pitch invasion I reckon our stewards are such jobs worth selling below it, it. <laughs> I think I don't, I don't think our stadium is way end, Dan. They'll all be in the way and beating children up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can oh. just see us messing that up. Like it's one of the typical things we do. Like, oh, like half, like a load of like thirty of them had run on, and then realised no one else was going on. Yeah. It just typical. It'd be an absolute shit. Show. I don't know, and I think we just don't have this right. I think the gap between like there's not enough. I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned and very surprised if it happened, and I'd have to jump on it. And then I reckon we'd all get, we'd probably all end up getting prosecuted. But hey ho. I was going to say it'll just be that crazy corner that run on, and then look like points most no one else points, five points deducted or something like that. Chris, you brought him up. Then I think it's impossible to talk about Bolton these days without talking about him, and it's a d- debate that probably needs to be had once again, Gary. Medine. He went off injury against Scunthorpe, which we lost, and he was unavailable against um, Bear Oldham, and we lost. In fact, in, in some point in there, Connor Wilk. No, Connor Wilkson played. Oh, it was so then Gary Medine went off injured. And obviously, Gary Medine played, which we did win, thankfully. But then Gary Medine played against. No, sorry, Connor Wilkinson played against Scunthorpe. We lost, and then Lafondre played up front, basically, he's only his own and we lost. The Medine debate, how much do we miss him, do we need him, etc, etc, Chris? Well, I think, you know, being, being is as he is, he's a moderately competent lower league uh, target man, and I think Wilkinson obviously isn't, and Proctor obviously isn't, so therefore Medine shone. Um, I think if we were to get promoted, which we will, I think looking to upgrade upon that, is going to be a key key priority. I don't think there's any doubt that this is Parkinson's formation, this is Parkinson's style, but I would expect that given our impending promotion, we might have our sights set a little bit higher than someone who scored, what, they scored last season, five goals maybe. Um, effort, effort aside, which is fine, I just I just ultimately think that it, that is a step up for him and maybe one that he's not capable of making as a starter. But I'd keep him... I still think I'd keep him as a backup to bring on with sort of 20, 20, 25 minutes to go, lump a few long balls up there. And and who the first choice centre forward will be next season at home to Sunderland, I don't know. But it, I think he's, he's done well, put it this way. I think this may be one of his most productive seasons for a good number of years. 
Um, I still think he's. I bet he's not. How many goals has he scored? Anyone off the top of the head? Eight or nine? nine something like that. Yeah, seven or eight. Seven yeah, eight. I mean, he's probably played played thirty five, thirty six games, maybe even more than that. If I'm being hypercritical, well, is it? I, I don't Bell, know. Bella's got what eleven for a midfielder, which is obviously brilliant. But, but yeah, um, but he's played every really game. Sharp. Billy Sharp's got 28, you know, he's got yeah, four times well, as many. Yeah. When you put it into that context, yeah. Three times, yeah, three times as many goals. And it's not up to Medine because yeah, I, I fully understand the fact that he's not that kind of centre-forward. We don't play that kind of game. So it's not a fair comparison. Um, I would love him to Nine score more. Yeah. And, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love him to head. score more, but he's just not, not consistent and not dangerous enough in front of goal for... For him to be worth a goal next first choice. Lafondra's probably played a third of the games he has for us, and he's got five goals. And Wheater and Beavers yeah. both have seven each. Like that says a lot. He's a victim of the way. He's a victim of the way we play. I, I think there's no doubt he's a victim of the way we play. Um, but I think that you know, at the same time, he needs to appreciate that he's done well to keep his place. I mean, given the failings of last season, would anyone have been surprised if we'd have binned him off? Because last season was. Was pretty disastrous, and I, I guess say, that's you know, something we, I was about to say that you know not without preemptive anything. Next, uh, like next season, um, say obviously he's out of contract in summer. If we were to get rid of him, and then say if we're left with Lafondre, like if he, if he chooses to stay on, you know what would be like then without him, like Emma Dean's future, as you say. Like, weird, how how would that go? It's a weird one. I think I don't think like, Medine obviously has been important to us this season and he's done well with what he's been given but I don't think it's Medine is he a league one player well he is absolutely not a, not a championship player, player. He's not a, we, we saw last year I know he was a whole, awful team last year but he's not a championship player but the thing is we don't necessarily miss Medine when Medine's not playing it's that we don't that the system kind of needs him and Parkinson can't adapt or change it up or just do just not to change it up and you know he's tried it with Wilkinson at utter failure Chad it with Clayton and other people. It just doesn't work, and he doesn't. He, maybe preseason will be a time to do it, or you know, we'll get just get through this year and see what happens next year. But we don't miss Medine necessarily. What we miss is his. You know, he's a big man, and he does win a fair amount of headers and flick-ons and whatnot. And we miss that to the game because Parkinson doesn't adapt to not having him. And if Parkinson did that, I don't think. It'd be as obvious as it is that Medine is, um, you know, so important because remember Lafondre when he was last here with us, he didn't have a target man to play alongside. He was up front on his own with Cluffy behind him, and that worked. But we wonders. didn't play hoofball then. We didn't play hoofball that season. That's what I'm saying. And like we didn't play hoofball that much earlier this year when we had Clough and Amiobi, and um, yeah. um whoever. If we had Amiobi, can I just say if we had Amiobi, we would have won the league. I think you're probably right there. You know what, boys? I'm going to disagree. I think Amiobi, in hindsight, he did well with us, but at the same time, he's a footballer who, throughout his career... Sorry, I'm just letting the dog back in. The dog's been out for a week. He's been, Amiobi, throughout his career, is flatter to deceive. That's why he was only only team that wanted him was once midway through the uh, the league one. He's not exactly... And, and the moments that he had, which were fantastic, were great, but they were only moments. I know, when we were sort of... When we were, I Maybe I, I am, but I always think back. I always think back to Amiobi and that we were when we were sort of one or two nil up and cruising. Yeah, he looked brilliant, but there were other times where he, he looked less than brilliant. So I, I, I disagree that we would have won the league. 
I think we might have won the league controversially had we maybe been a bit more adventurous in a few games, whether that's the manager's fault or what, I'm not sure. Uh, and I would love to see Amiobi come back because I think he's a fantastic footballer and, and he's, the ability... Be a championship player. Well, he's, no, that's that what, exactly what I was coming to. Middlesbrough, Cardiff, Newcastle, Amiobi's done nothing. What's he doing for Newcastle now in the Championship? Nothing. Sitting on the bench, if not. If not. So whether, whether he's the exactly. same as Medina or not, in which that he's hit his level with us in League One, is, is great, but you can't carry passengers in the uh, in the Champo like we saw last season. Well, that uh, brings like we did with the question. Like, if we're going to strengthen the squad next season, like, if, if you're saying that both Amiobi, Medina, you know, they're not championship-level players, who do you bring in? Instead of them, you know, because we've got absolutely. Well, that's the system. million dollar question. That's the million dollar question, and we've also seen, we've also seen from the squad, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll validate that in a sec. We've, we've seen from the players that we've kept who went down with us last season. They failed similarly last season, so you could say whether they are championship players or not. I mean, even the likes of Spearing, who's played in, in the Champions League, was so mm. was you know disappointing last season. But uh, when Liam and I went to that meeting with the Andersons before the Palace game. They, there's some very, very tall talk about signings they wanted to make, players they'd lined up, etc. Should we get in the Championship next season? So, Amiobi might well be a decent enough player in League One, but given what they were what they were telling us, and they mentioned no names, by the way, um, mm-hmm. other than you know Abraham that signed for Bristol City. Apparently, it was, it was a straight straight choice between us and Bristol, and he chose the Championship, which is you know which is fair enough. Fair enough. That, yeah. I think that they, they intimated that that was the kind of caliber of player they were aiming for. So, I mean, Amiobi's got, got his merits, but whether that's whether ultimately we could maybe aim a little bit higher than that, someone established in the Championship, or and, and this is my gut feeling, it'll be lower lower echelon Premier League youngsters coming down to make the name. I mean, I saw Lee Anson after the uh, after the Chesterfield game. I had a short conversation with him um, about this sort of thing because it was just after Lafondre had said at that uh, supporters meeting that um, he'd probably finish his career with us and I just said look what what's the likeliness of that and he just said with the squad that we've got and should we go up we can have anyone we want obviously within reason but it just gave me confidence that perhaps we we will be able to strengthen the squad to a to a decent extent next yeah, year we've got two we've basically we've got two agents in charge of the club haven't we? Mm. for for, yeah, know, have, yeah. for want of better structure and that's that's a decent position to be in because we've seen the likes of Karachan uh, and Lafondre, they're able to utilise those personal contacts to to yeah. make a difference to the squad, and without putting too much down in terms of finance. But the the increased revenue from the championship, which I think was six or seven million pound a year initially, um, mm. should should impact on our our power. I mean, we were going to say that had wonders for us. Of course, that, yeah, we, the Hoover went yeah. out it last season in, in the opposite way. They spent their money in League One, hoovering up the best of the League One talent. We haven't really done that. So when it comes to the championship next season, we're starting off with, with a blank canvas, so to speak. We're not having to sort of utilise these uh, League One plays in the same way that Wigan did. And I think it's interesting because we've got we've got a name, we've got a stadium, we've got a training ground. You know, we've got we've got a bit of a an attraction in terms of these plays. And I think playing at the higher level will will make a big difference. And hopefully it does because there's enough players we've seen in the reserve and youth teams: Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, City, blah blah blah, to, to make a difference. Abraham being one. Um, so I think we'd stand a good chance, but I, I really don't want to get hung up on players that have done that well for us temporarily this season, such as Amiobi. Lafondre's a different deal because he's got a good pedigree at that level. Um, no, I, I was going to say, 
um, without dampening the parade. Obviously, we've got the lone players who we sent out in January. Um, you know, we've got Chris Taylor and Jamie Proctor to come back. I mean, but they those two don't fill you with confidence, particularly at Championship no. level. Um, but then, I'm not questioning Parkinson signings, but obviously he brought a number in since the start of the season, and a lot of them have either gone out alone or not been anywhere near the squad. I mean, it just questions, you know, obviously he, he had a solid team that he didn't mess with for about seven weeks. And obviously they didn't get a look in for that. But since we've had injuries and we've had learnings and stuff like that, even then they've not come back in. Yeah. And does it just make you think he regrets those signings or does he just think, think they're better off elsewhere? Or... I think what you were touching on then is spot on. If you look like the trend of our season in terms of results and like the good runs of form we've been on, Every time we have a good run of form, it's when we have a consistent team every week, and then we have a, mm. our wobbles occur when changes are enforced. So our first um, at the start of the season, we we won. What did we go on? Um, it was what in the league at least. It was four four wins on the bounce until it came to a draw against Charlton, and that draw, Matt Davis got injured in, and you know after that game we went on at eight games I think. Um, without a win, and that was because um, Parkinson was kind of didn't know what to do, didn't was That's struggling changing. to come to a solid team again after losing um, a player we'd kind of built the team around. Then um, after the loss to Oxford, which was our first home defeat, we then went on our first big run of the season when we won. <laughs> six, seven games in a row and that's because he'd settled mm-hmm. on the team you know the forward three of Vela uh, Amiobi and Clough with Medine leading the line and again after November is when I think probably the formation changed the formation changed again and then we go on you know we lost a couple of games in a week and then we had another good run and then it was December well not till January we had a we had a minor blip against Chesterfield and then it was January when Clough left and Amiobi was recalled when we had that again that unsettling nature to the team where we didn't win a single game in January and again now we're having a trouble with injuries Medine leaving I think Andy Taylor is a massive loss as well because Mox not only when he taps back on Tuesday hopefully so definitely not only is Moxie appalling Andy Taylor has proven himself to be very very good especially in that left wing position and you know Medine and Anik it's every time we've had injuries and had a an you know, had to change the team from what Parkinson settled on, that the bad runs have come. So it's clear that it takes Parkinson a while to get his best team. But once he does, we go on a good run for a few weeks. So it's a weird one. I, I think, think those those runs, obviously, with the same teams, that, that then highlights how good those individual players are mm. and how influential they are. Like, say, Definitely. Andy Taylor, like exactly. this, this bit without him um, just shows how good he is. Definitely, because 100%. like you, you never noticed Andy Taylor because he'd never put a foot wrong, and now you have to question looking at how many mistakes Moxie made even just on Saturday. You know how has Andrew Taylor done so well and not even managed to, you know, we've not managed to pick a bone with him, and he's just been brilliant. And I think that's just been noted as how useful he is. And I think he needs to be put on a permanent next season too. Well, that I'm mean, just interject on that. I think you're right in that Taylor's been excellent this season, but. Without wanting to sound like a negative Nancy, there's been uh, you know incidences of players where we've signed them from higher leagues, they've come down and they, they've done well, and then when we've signed them on permanent deals, they've turned to shit. And I'm not for yeah. a minute suggesting that Taylor will, but Taylor was bombed out of, of Wigan for a reason in the yeah. championship. And they laughed when get... we signed him. 
it, well, yeah, and, and that. But I'm, I'm talking about it more from a, a realistic point of view. In that, when they get to the championship, we're playing against bigger, faster, stronger players. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd hate to Is think that we're lauding yeah. Andrew Taylor as being Roberto Carlos from Euro ni- uh, from 1996 or 97, yeah. but he's a perfectly competent left back. But you know, let's not make any mistake about it. I would expect when we go up, nine of the sort of starting eleven will be in question. I think maybe Mark Beavers and maybe Spearing and Vela perhaps are the essential picks. I think yeah. maybe everybody, every every other position is up for is, is in question because. Wita, yeah, he's done fine in League One. He's been great, but he was one part of the worst Bolton defence I've ever seen last season. <laughs> a huge part, same as was Dorian Devee. Howard and Anik seem to be different cheeks of the same arse. They both have the moments, um, and the forwards are, are questionable. So yeah, Andrew Taylor's been fantastic, but if we can get someone better, then I wouldn't hesitate in, in jettisoning him to get someone else. Yeah. I, I mean, I know you're saying positions are up for grabs. I mean, I don't know how far Mark Davis is, is off Mark coming back. I mean, play for us again. do you not? Oh, the he ends up getting a Wheater-like deal because no one else will take yeah. him. Play, play as you pay. It's going round, boys, that uh, retirement's on the cards. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Because no, no one else is going to... If we release him in summer at the end of his contract, it's not like anyone's going to come looking anymore, obviously. Yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt he's going to go. Yeah, we had the threat of people come sniffing, but I don't think anyone will because everyone's either forgotten about him yeah. or exactly. realised that he's injury prone and no one's going to exactly. come. Exactly. Why would you come sniffing to someone that's only played 120 games in five yeah, seasons? Which I think it's not. It, it's not enough. Which is why I could see. I don't think he'll go anywhere else. Which is why I could see potentially if he did manage to get fit and play himself during the summer, we give him not a pace play because that's just unrealistic. But we'll do a week we with t- him. Uh-huh. Pays, pays your play doesn't it doesn't exist but Weeter I think is a perfect example in that uh, you know, that we thought was, was going to leave but he re-signed and whether he re-signed because nobody else wanted him is, is a matter for debate but, but he, he re-signed he's been great this year so I could see that happening with Davis I doubt it yeah, I think you're right it's a and that brings you on to the, right. the ego of the players as well you know it's whether they're willing to take wage cuts I mean there's some in there who will genuinely like they'll almost pay for free because they just want to be in that squad Whereas there's others who are just so worried about like what they're being paid. I mean, I'm not picking any bones, but particularly Reese Wabara. I mean, like he's always on social media and whatever, and he's done. He's very successful in whatever he does with clothing and whatever. But he's not making the team, and you couldn't. You can just see him not wanting to play for free or anything like that. You know, he, he's more worried about what he's being paid. And I don't know how many others there are of those who are more worried about that than you know playing for. Pride and passion, but you know, it doesn't exist. Pride and passion doesn't exist as much as you might see Greta Steinson beating his chest by the sidelines. I don't think pride and passion is, is existing in modern game. And, and Wabara, he seems to have got a bit of a rough deal from some fans because, yeah, he's got other interests apart from football. Well, you know what? It, it, I think that maybe smack, smacks a bit That's of intelligence, to, win, yeah. to be honest, rather than anything else. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know him. I think we've had bad experiences. Put all his eggs in one basket. But yeah, our supporters naturally take a dislike into that because he's not posting motivational no, fucking quotes. After the Sardell mm. fiasco, we can't see that. Yeah, so. and I think, I think he did right. I think he did right, Dan. I think it's, it's a new breed of footballer and, and we don't really know how to deal with it, to be honest, do we? Mm. Um, I mean, the only, the only player really what I can see who would literally pay for free I think by now it's either Wheater or Spearing. Laurie Wilson. 
Well, <laughs> after that tweet the other week, that's maybe. But, yeah, uh, but that's you, just... but, you know, I wouldn't expect any football to play for free, and I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't no, but it's just, it's just it like whether money matters more than, yeah, you know, true. how well you're doing it's on the pitch. I think, but, I, think you know, I think I think we'll be alright, and hopefully, next the summer will bring excitement, and the next season will bring championship level football. But if there's nothing else to say, lads, I think that's it for this episode of Line of Air Week podcast. Do we, do we, would you agree, Chris? Yep. Yeah, definitely. With the uh, you know, it's been another interesting year, hasn't it? As a Bolton fan, and uh, we had the, the website stats through a couple of days ago. It's been another interesting year for the website. We're going from strength to strength. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Who's taken part and uh, taken part in all our staff questionnaires and all our responding to all our articles and tweets, blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed for Monday and Tuesday night that we all have a good time, and we'll probably talk again. I would expect on Wednesday. I think yeah. Dan. Uh, hopefully yeah. reflecting on, on our promotion winning game against Bury. we can only hope anyway this has been Line of the Air Suite podcast episode 75 thank you very much for listening please get you can as you've probably got us already but you know go on iTunes give us a rate give us a subscribe give us a review all that jazz we like the visibility you, you know we do otherwise you can go on lineofthearsuite.com for all the articles and reviews and talking about potential promotion Hopefully we get it and coverage of Tuesday's game with Bury. You can follow me on Twitter at Wabrowski. You can follow Chris on Twitter at 19manning83. Where can they get you, Will? At WI1LJ. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can follow us all on Twitter at Lion of the NST and you know get uh, live feed to the matches and dubious banter and whatnot. And of course, well, if there's nothing else to say, I think it's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Will. <laughs> Goodbye, Will. <laughs> Dickhead Terrier. It's goodbye from me, Celebi. So